Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, Columbus Underground reporter Brent Warren sat down with representatives from OHM Advisors and the city of Reynoldsburg to discuss the preferred scenarios for growth in the area and in our region, changing the zoning codes to accommodate that growth, and the best practices for planning for the future. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, The Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored this week by the Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission, or MORPSI, featuring stories about local and regional partners that envision and embrace innovative directions in economic prosperity, transportation, sustainability, and an inclusive Central Ohio. MORPSI's transformative programming, innovative services, and public policy initiatives are designed to promote and support the vitality and growth of the region. For more information, please visit morpsy.org. Enjoy the interview. Okay, I'm here with Aaron Dominey, principal at OHM Advisors, which is a planning, architecture, and engineering firm here in Columbus. Also a firm that is involved, has been involved, I believe, in both the Insight 2050 and the Corridor Concept plans. Is that correct, Dan? Uh, corridor Concepts, corridor but not concept. the first part okay. of Insight 2050. Right, right. At CU, we've kind of covered Insight 2050 and the, con- the Corridor Concepts quite a bit. Uh, we've done some podcasts on that already, and we've written lots of articles about it. Um, I thought I'd kind of outsource that summary. For, for somebody who's just, like, tuning in now, could you give a quick background? What is Corridor Concepts? Uh, what was your involvement in it, and where does it stand now? Sure. Um, well, the Corridor Concepts is really the continuation of Insight 2050. So at the highest level, Insight 2050 was really, really focused on how do we grow, thinking about different scenarios, whether we grow outward, inward, you know, is there a hybrid? And so ultimately that resulted in a preferred growth scenario, uh, which was a which was a pretty um, inward, inward focused growth scenario where we're trying to intensify a lot of areas in and around Columbus versus sprawling out. So that kind of set the tone for the how. The corridor concepts was really the where. Um, so understanding that you know we have a preferred scenario, how are we going to accommodate all of that growth? And the corridor concepts really looked at five different corridors in Columbus um, specifically, and, and they were selected based on a certain set of criteria. Uh, so that was what is the development potential? So how much can we develop or redevelop in these corridors and accommodate new growth? Um, also, you know, what is the ability for those corridors to serve larger populations and then um, kind of marry that up with new transportation options for Central Ohio? So it really was a land use and mobility focused planning project to address the million people that are, that are coming to, to Central Ohio. And what uh, was the role of OHM? What, what did you guys work on specifically in that, in that project? Sure. So we were a part of a, a bigger team. Um, at that time, we were a team with Calthorpe Analytics, 
who developed Urban Footprint, which Morpsy is using, and that was really the land use scenario planning model that was driving the process. Our role was really focused on um, the engagement piece and working in, in the various corridors, engaging local stakeholders, and helping um, Calthorpe Analytics basically be boots on the ground and run the planning process as part of that. So that involved you know, the focus group meetings, the community meetings, uh, a lot of meetings here with Morpsy, and, and also playing a big role in the development of the plan and, and the recommendations in that plan. Some of the other uh, team, mem team members uh, was Murphy Epson and Ice Miller here locally together with Calthorpe Analytics. Mm -hmm. Um, so my big question and the question I've been asking everybody when I talk about this, either Insight 2050 or the more specific corridor concepts plans, um, is how likely is this to actually be implemented <laughs> and how, because I feel like in Columbus we've seen a lot of, especially on the transit and transportation side, we've seen a lot of plans mm -hmm. and a lot of those haven't really come to fruition. Um, and I know you guys have been involved somewhat in talking with different jurisdictions about how to kind of put policies in place to implement some of this stuff. And I'd just like to hear your, hear, hear your thoughts on that. I mean, I definitely hear you. We've, yeah. we've done a lot of studying, and it's, it's a risk as a planner even to say that, right? Because we don't want to just create plans and, and not move forward. Um, I think there's a couple of things happening now. Um, that's different. One is, you know, there's a pretty significant involvement from the private sector now. A lot of that's coming from ULI, which is great. Um, and there's really a coming together of the development community um, as well as the public sector to start to solve these problems. And I haven't seen that historically to the degree I've seen it today, so I'm pretty uh, optimistic that, that that's a really positive sign. Um, the other one is we haven't seen growth like this, right? So and we haven't had to be as prepared for it. So I think the political will is even higher because we know that doing nothing uh, has some serious consequences. So I think you have that factor going into play here. Um, and then I think you have a lot of communities like Reynoldsburg, who's here with us today, um, you know, really starting to be focused on implementation at a regional level. And so you know, this common um, effort to solve these complex problems. The other thing that's favorable right now is we actually we're moving forward. So the first project that came out of corridor concepts was the Northwest Corridor Mobility Study, uh, which is going to be underway for the, um, the Northwest Corridor, which is essentially Olentangy Corridor all the way up to Bethel, mm -hmm. um, and really studying that as kind of this first leg to drive the mobility conversation forward from, okay, we have a land use solution, now it is what is the preferred mobility option, whether that's uh, a light BRT like we have right now with the CMAX, a full BRT, is it rail? All those conversations are happening, and it's multimodal too. So we, we know that with that with that quarter, we're looking at non-motorized transportation options. Um, you know, we have a huge amount of em uh, employment up there between Ohio Health and Battelle and Ohio State, uh, together with the other employers in that corridor. So it's really a great opportunity to take a first swing at this. And I know the other corridors and communities in those other corridors are really interested as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's encouraging that it's, keeps, it's keep on moving. The process is building on itself versus just a one-off effort. And then we go to the next plan, which is different. Right. So. so the Northwest Corridor is the first one that is kind of going to get tackled. So we're actually going to have a recommendation for what the transit is going to look like on that corridor because that's the question everybody asks they're like oh you're you're talking about corridors but is this going to be light rail is it going to be bus but you're saying this 
that's all going to be answered here. There's going to be some firm recommendations, and it's going to include probably a lot of different kinds. And just to step back, when you say BRT, you're talking about bus rapid transit. Correct. Right? Yeah. So BRT, bike and pedestrian stuff as well included in that. Yeah. That yeah. the way that RFP was written, it is it is asked the consultant team to look at all motorized uh, or all mobility options. So it has to be fully integrated. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this will set the tone for the other corridors. That's you know it's. It's one of those things that I think people have had um, some reservations on kind of making that pick of what's that preferred transportation option. And there's a lot of opinions out there of what that should or shouldn't be. Um, and and innovation's happening so fast, it's also making that conversation difficult. Uh, because as soon as you think you have one option, there's the, the mobility world's evolving really fast. And so, you know, it's kind of peace, keeping pace with that. But the goal, I think, um, from reading the RFP and the conversations I've been in is that, hey, we're putting the stake in the ground and this is it. We're, we're making a preferred uh, mobility choice and that's what we're going to kind of drive forward. So I think that process will take, you know, a year, year and a half to go through that. And then best case scenario, you have that preferred option. You go into actually designing it, which is another couple of years and building it. So I think even if, you know, we are really aggressive, that's a seven year out project. Uh, before we actually see that happen. So and that's it, the first one. And that's the that's first only, one. That's only one. <laughs> yeah, and I could be wrong. It could be yeah. 10 years. But, yeah. you know, this is not a year or two out. Um, mm -hmm. The study is in that time frame. Mm -hmm. The design and actual construction is, is even farther out. So we, you know, we have some work to do. We need to work fast as a region to, to get prepared. Mm -hmm. And that, that Northwest, uh, the request for proposals that you're talking about, that is the city of Columbus. That's not, there's not other cities involved with that at this point. Correct, that was the city of right. Columbus put that out. Um, okay, um, I wanna kind of shift because we have Andrew Bauscher here, uh, development director for the city of Reynoldsburg. Thanks for being here, Andrew. Absolutely, thank you for having me. Um, the, the, the Northwest is Columbus, and so which of the corridors are we looking at when we're talking about Reynoldsburg? Absolutely. We're talking about the East Main Street corridor. We're talking about from downtown Columbus all the way out on US 40, out past Edna. And I think the interesting thing is, and we've talked a little, about, a little bit about this before, is the kind of planning that you all in Reynoldsburg are doing to get ready for this corridor concept plan. So, I mean, Reynoldsburg is not going to be building the transit in your little section of Main Street by yourself, right? I mean, but there's lots you can do now to get ready for that eventually coming down the pike. Is that correct? It is correct. So during this Insight 2050 and during Corridor Concepts you know, uh, last year, we had OHM advisors, Aaron Dominey, his team and, and our team at the city, we worked on a comprehensive plan. Uh, we, it was the first vision that the city had ever put out there to see how we were going to grow and thrive within you know this new era, especially with unprecedented growth in central Ohio, and how were we going to adapt and, and reuse a lot of our uh, abandoned and vacant spots uh, to rethink what Reynoldsburg was going to be like in the future. So you know we, we started with a steering committee and, and we went down the road of exploring different opportunities within the city. We, we allocated four different specific spots. We took a look at you know Main Street as a whole, but we also took a look at you know, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk further in detail about some of these, but um, what's going to happen to the old Kroger site, uh, the old Kmart that's at the corner of Bryce and Maine. And then finally, we took a look at 
you know, the Bryce Road corridor um, in, in, its, in its current state is being, you know, uh, pretty dilapidated. It's lacking a lot of uh, modern amenities. It may have been the place to be maybe back in the 80s, but it has since sort of fallen off a little bit. Um, and then the main beating heart, I guess, of Reynoldsburg is, is old Reynoldsburg, which is our downtown area right along Main Street. And so that was also a key area that we wanted to take a look at uh, because without a healthy heart, you can't have a healthy city. Um, and so we, we, we dove into these four different areas and took a look at it. And what sort of led out past that was we took a lot of the things that were happening in the corridor concepts and we mirrored them together. We knew that we were going to get, you know, densification along our corridors. We were going to expand to allow for this new transportation network, whatever it may be on East Main. And I think we're primed and ready for that to happen. And we're already starting to see some dividends. But, but after that, you know, a comp plan is only as good as how you're going to take it to implementation. So mm-hmm. this year, the entire year, we brought on CalFi zoning OHM advisors again to work on a brand new zoning code. We just had our open house two weeks ago, um, and it, it, w- it went off really well. Um, later this year, we'll vote on it through city council in December uh, for approval. And basically what we're doing is we are literally rezoning every parcel in the entire city which is going to allow for this, this densification on our corridors, which is a lot of the single family homes aren't gonna be changed, but we're, we're looking at growth out east, but also how are we going to break down the bureaucratic red tape and allow for redevelopment on these corridors where we're talking about mixed use buildings. I mean, there's some areas that we're talking about, you know, upwards of seven stories high and, and specifically that, that Kmart and Bryce Road area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some people might be surprised. I mean, at CU, we cover mostly the central city neighborhoods, so we haven't written too much about Reynoldsburg, but um, people, so I was surprised, and I think people would be surprised by exactly how much is going on right now in Reynoldsburg and how much could potentially go on. I mean, when you say seven stories, that is probably going to get some people's attention <laughs> in Reynoldsburg. You don't have anything that tall there now, do you? Certainly not, no. no. I think the tallest that we have is a, is a senior living f- care facility at five stories. And, and even that, that's extremely rare, and that's the only building that's there in the city. So um, we're definitely turning heads, and I think that's sort of the goal. Uh, you know, we, we, we have this new invigorated team, and, and young and energized, and I think we're rethinking of what we can be. I think Reynoldsburg, for a long time, has sort of been the sleepy big brother that's been out east um, but we're 40,000 strong and growing uh, we have the hottest real estate market in the state of Ohio central Ohio as a whole is obviously the hottest but out of that Reynoldsburg is the hottest and we're the 10th hottest real estate market right now in the country and that was just came out from Forbes um, so we're very excited about sort of the growth and the potential on what we're already seeing but also all the different redevelopment efforts that are happening brand new 110,000 square foot Kroger's Uh, It's about ready to be open, brand new retail across the way. But everything that we're building or revitalizing and tearing down and rebuilding is going to be more more walkable, more urban and transit-oriented development, especially on our corridors. A lot of people don't realize that 80% of all of the homes um, are within a one-mile walking distance, either north or south of Main Street, Hmm. which allows for that, you know, first mile, last mile. Um, so even the, the individuals that are currently living in the more suburban housing um, in Reynoldsburg can walk to all the new shops and amenities that yeah. we're trying to From build. From their house. You're not talking about exactly. building new housing. That's Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're 
course, we're going to absorb a lot of new housing, and a lot of that is going to be more uh, multifamily, sort of luxury condos and apartments and, and things of that sort along the corridors. But we're not changing sort of what Reynoldsburg was. We're just adding to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, that's one of the key messages that we've been pushing through. We're not, we're not trying to uh, change the past, but we're going to pay homage to what we already have and, and what we're growing. But we're going to take the opportunities and the good bones that Reynoldsburg has and we're going to build off of it. And we have a lot of great opportunities and parcels that are large enough to allow for this mixed-use development to allow it to, to be seven stories. I want to talk a little bit about the changing the redoing your zoning code because that's, I mean, a lot of people, they hear zoning and their eyes kind of glaze over. <laughs> but what in practice, like if somebody right now, before you get this code change, if somebody wanted to build a seven-story building on Main Street, what would that involve now, and how would that be different after you get the code passed? That is a, that's an amazing question. So that was one of the main challenges that we wanted to change, because right now it could potentially take upwards to a year for somebody to walk through that entire process. There would be a lot of different zoning commission meetings, planning commission meetings, architectural design review. And so that means votes from yeah, these absolute, different boards, absolutely. Like multiple ones. Yeah. Multiple okay. ones, and then finally ending up at city council. And when you when you combine that many times, there could be a huge shifting of different things that happen. And really, it can derail a project really fast, especially if it's one that's that's centered around exactly what we're talking about in our comp plan. So our comp plan was only as good if we, we made sure that we were building in to allow for this growth and this development. So when we, when we took a look at the future land use map that we created in the comp plan, we then overlaid that to create this new zoning map. And we took a look at these districts and these zones and we built it out. So we were basically custom making it to the development that we already knew that we had in the pipeline. But in addition, we were allowing for this growth to where maybe somebody can't even see. So, you know, if you were to drive down Main Street maybe two years ago, you'd be like, this is not headed in the right direction. But now you drive down there and you're already starting to see the shovels in the ground. And I think if you take this and take it another five years down the road, it's going to look completely different than what it ever has looked in the past. Mm -hmm. And so just to go back to that initial question, once that zoning code is in place, somebody's going to come and they can, they don't have to go through all those commit, like the zoning will be there. They don't have to get a rezoning so they can come in and, and build basically. Exactly. Yeah. So it really, it releases some of the strain um, for a developer to come in there. They're, they don't have to sit through a long process. They don't have to tie up a property and then wait for the due diligence period to lapse because they can't get approvals. So now if somebody were to come in and buy a parcel and say, I wanted to redevelop this space, they would just submit a major site plan basically to the city. We would review it internally and then submit it to planning commission, at which time they would vote on it based on design and aesthetics and is it going to meet all of our goals within the comp plan, at which time then they would approve or deny. Hopefully it would approve. Um, and then they could start going right into our PGU, our plot grade utility plan, which is basically working with our city engineer to make sure that they're going to hook up to city infrastructure properly, and they're off to the races. I mean, this process, start to finish, we potentially could be the fastest area to, to, to have somebody come in and start building anywhere else in the state. Um, our, our process could be potentially be as little as a month. Wow. I mean, which is, which is a huge change. And one of the other interesting things about the code and the plan together is that 
um, there was a lot of care taken to really marry up the vision and the goals of the corridor concepts to what happened there. Um, so some of that uh, looks like transit-oriented development, uh, land use policies and code recommendations. So we're actually building into the landscape opportunities for kind of that future connection or the future development of that mobility option to kind of take place in the corridor. So that means making good decisions now. So if Andrew's approving something and we understand the context of the corridor, the fabric of it, um, you know, there are locations where we already have identified, hey, this could be, you know, a mobility hub. And so we want to make sure that we're kind of protecting that space and planning for it so that we can accommodate that mode in the future. So that means actual physical space that you are reserving and saying, okay, we, we might need this right of way along the road in the future to provide a better transit link or transportation option and maybe even like, uh, I don't know, what are you talking about, like a turnaround or yeah. a park and ride or? Well, I think it's, it's not necessarily, Reynoldsburg's right away, right away is pretty static. I mean, we know what it is and, it's, it's, and most of it is in use right now for the modes that we have. So until we know what the mode is in the future, we can't reconfigure the lanes and things like that. But for the private development, you know, knowing that we want to integrate those hubs into the development, this bringing that into the conversation with the developer, him or her now, is going to be really important. Mm -hmm. So that might mean setting aside some space or actually using a surface parking lot that we know we want to convert into the future into a mobility hub. Mm. So just being aware of how we get from here to there um, as development's taking place, I think is really smart versus trying to react later, undo some things, um, and just make it exponentially harder and, and more and more costly. Uh, so just being, you know, planning smart now, but all along just keeping in mind the vision and the goals of the corridor concepts so that the region's working together to solve this problem. And I guess to piggyback off of that, I think it's, it's, it's good to mention that as far as our code of parking right now, we actually have the business, busiest code of parking ride in Central Ohio, outside of you know Columbus itself. Yeah, that's actually because I I looked up directions and I got the transit directions. It's not as long as you would think <laughs> from downtown to get like just taking Coda as it exists now right. to get to Reynoldsburg. It's it was a shorter time than I expected. So yeah, it could, and then potentially with these improvements, you could really cut that down, right? Absolutely. You know, unlike the Northwest Corridor, um, no offense to it, uh, we're a direct shot. And, you know, Reynoldsburg has the sort of uh, the space that's already there. Uh, and so when Aaron talks about building that in, well, Reynoldsburg, because we've had such this suburban setback, we basically build in all this additional right away. So we're going to take, you know, some of this newer development that's happened. We're making sure that we're bringing it closer to the road, but still leaving, you know, a 10-foot gap on either side of the roadway to ensure that whatever is coming down the line that we're planning accordingly. The last thing that we want is to encroach in on our own development patterns, especially transit-oriented development, um, and the, where we can't do something that we want to do. Um, so we know that we already have a very high ridership. We think that creating more density along these corridors the walkability that we're already pushing and implementing into, basically we're creating a, a, a short shot from downtown Reynoldsburg to downtown Columbus. And then that includes Whitehall, Bexley, uh, um, in and throughout the process. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about a couple of these sites? <laughs> yeah. These, I mean, this isn't just sort of a planning process. You have some real 
uh, projects that are moving forward. Is that right? Like, yeah, can we talk about the uh, that Kmart site? Yeah. So talking about that Kmart, you know, when we envisioned it, there was other potential uh, properties that were adjacent to it. So the entire site, including some of the others, 26 total acres. So when we take a look at that, we're very close to what you're seeing in Grandview Yard. And that was a lot of inspiration. I don't think that you have to uh, fall off the Reynoldsburg boat. You can definitely hit some other development water uh, in taking a look at Bridge Park and Dublin and Grandview and all the new development that's happening in Upper Arlington right now. Um, you know, you can look at that and you can say, okay, th these are really great and these are working really well. Well, what are we going to do on the east side? Um, where are we going to put our foot down and say this is what this is what Reynoldsburg can be? And so, we've we've reached out to several different developers. There's actually a developer that's in contract right now on the parcel. Uh, we're working with them to create this mixed use development. Um, the adjacent property owners uh, have all been, you know, willing to play ball. Uh, they they understand that this is just one piece of a larger vision for the corridor, both sides of Bryce, both sides of Main Street. So we can see this as being sort of the gateway as we're coming into the city. This is the area where we're talking about the potential of, of seven stories, mixed use, office park with residential, maybe some townhomes in the back. And then continuing the partnership that we have with the city of Columbus, you know, there's retain, retention ponds, and we think that you know those would be a great location for a brand new 10-acre park, and that's right adjacent to this parcel. In addition, uh, we now know that you know the Columbus Metropolitan Library will be building a, a brand new library. We were working with them and their team on finding a different location, um, but then they found you know. Why not be a part of this brand new mixed-use development? So they're taking their current site, they're purchasing some land that's further to the south, and they're going to rebuild uh, right there on that land. So now these new residents and this new mixed-use development are going to be able to have the amenities, as long as, as well as some of the other uh, you know uh, residents that currently live in the city, uh, that are going to have this brand new amenity. Um, and we've been told that it'll be uh, very much similar modeled off of the Dublin branch. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the Dublin Library. Yeah. And then, so what we're envisioning here is something along the lines of Grandview Yard or Bridge Park. I mean, not quite as big as Bridge Park. Of course. Of right? course. Yeah. But yeah, something very similar into the realm of that where not only are they adding buildings, but probably some infrastructure. You know, there's going to be probably some dedicated walkable corridors. And when Aaron and I, we were, we were discussing this and, and modeling this comp plan, we were building in sort of this could be the first transportation hub as part of that you know transit oriented development uh, because you have the allotted land and uh, you know the hub that would be there um, any other potential projects I know you mentioned the the there's a new Kroger and then there may be some plans for the old Kroger is that right correct yeah so currently uh, the old Kroger's is in sort of a uh, large-scale sort of strip retail but out in front about two years ago we opened up an Ohio Health emergency care facility um, Ohio Health has been a great partner for us. Um, not only are we building and about ready to open uh, later this year, early next year, a brand new 75,000 square foot community center uh, that the city you know, bonded almost $30 million to, to implement and build, but we partnered with the YMCA and we're also partnering with Ohio Health to have some primary care facilities. So this partnership is sort of continuing. So I've been getting back to that emergency care facility that I talked about. Um, that is the busiest emergency care facility in the Ohio Health Network, um, which is a good and a bad thing, however you want to look at it. It just goes to show that Reynoldsburg is sort of 
you know, underserved in a lot of different areas. And there's a lot of growth potential that, you know, that we could bring back to our residents. So taking a look at that and coordinating further with Ohio Health, the proposal is to take a look at that Kroger, uh, demolish it and build a 65,000 to 100,000 ambulatory care facility right behind their already existing emergency care facility. So not only are we building in you know, medical providers and, and services that's there that's going to serve the vast array, uh, but it puts it literally just a quarter of a mile away from, you know, our old Reynoldsburg area and another quarter of a mile in the other direction from this new Kmart development that we're talking about. So it's going to give access to anybody that's on that transit corridor line or the walkability, you know, of that mile for the residents that are already existing. Mm-hmm. We've seen in some other suburbs around Columbus and in Columbus also um, some real pushback to some of these proposals when you're talking about even just apartments sometimes uh, single-family homeowners react negatively to that idea in their community have you seen much of that in Reynoldsburg and do you expect to see more of that as you move forward with some of these big projects that's a, that's a great question, and we absolutely have. We are not um, you know, far-reaching. We, we definitely have uh, residents that are extremely concerned about what sort of development is happening within the city. And I think um, the sticking point is, is they don't want sort of the, the old multifamily housing of the 90s and early 2000s that, that are built very much in the suburban model and pushed further out and we're tearing into further greenfields. However, you know, granted that, we understand that we'll have to absorb a small amount of that, and there is definitely room for more single-family housing. But what is getting people excited is this, this other form of multifamily housing that's a mixture of different uses, because I think we've, we've done a great um, educational process with the zoning code and the comp plan, um, and sort of pushing out that, you know, we can't have one sort of without the other. And so when our residents talk about, well, we want new restaurants and we want new boutique shops and retail and we we want, you know, know, uh, year-round farmer's market-esque type grocery stores, they're starting to come around and understand that we're having to have a mixture of uses that make it profitable for the developer to sort of bring into the city and people are starting to really gravitate and get on board. I think that we have a very young population and I think that we could have even a younger population of young professionals and empty nesters that want to live within Reynoldsburg. I think you're starting to see rents increase in downtown Columbus and I think with this transit corridor, if it comes or if it doesn't come, obviously we would love for it to and we're planning for it. but we're offering the same exact sort of amenities at a little bit lower of a cost, yet uh, we're getting the best of both worlds because we want people to invest in our community early on in their lives, hopefully stay, have kids, raise a family, maybe move into a single family home. So we basically want the first home and the last home that you have so you can you know, stay in Reynoldsburg. Mm-hmm. I, you know, right, the other thing that's very interesting and it's not germane to Reynoldsburg but um, it's common across these corridors that most of them are over-retailed. And, mm. you know, the way they were built out historically um, and the amount of retail they carry is significant. I can't remember the number off the top of my head. It's in the plan that we developed together because we did do the analysis to look at how over-retailed is East Main Street through Reynoldsburg. And the true same thing is true for Whitehall as well. Um, so the question that not only Reynoldsburg, Whitehall, but these other corridors are asking themselves is, you know, what do you do? How do you transition these corridors? And so the natural evolution 
giving the kind of the shifting household structure and, and living choices is that residential does become another key element of these corridors across central Ohio. Um, and, and, and Andrew's absolutely right. I mean, the, the conversation about multifamily or apartments or condos or townhomes is always, you know, it's always emotional. And we've seen it in Reynoldsburg and I've seen it in other communities recently too. But usually that's on the fringe, right? And usually that's when you're trying to integrate some new multifamily, maybe in a single family neighborhood or a budding one. And these commercial corridors, I haven't seen too much objection to that uh, because the fabric's different, right? You're not wedging it into some place that it feels uncomfortable under somebody's backyard. Um, and so I think East Main Street's a, kind of an easy place to accommodate some of that growth. Um, and achieve some of the other economic objectives that Reynoldsburg's trying to get, get done there, which mm -hmm. is workforce housing, which is how do you support these other businesses that people want to see in the community. The other thing Andrew didn't touch on yet is you know, what's happening in old Reynoldsburg. That's kind of another hub of growth where there's some new developments happening, which is a, is a keynote right on Blacklick Creek. You have the new YMCA being built there. And so you have all these different nodes of development happening right there on East Main. And I know you've talked to uh, Zach in Whitehall too, and, and Andrew and, and Zach talk a lot and work well together. And you know, th this section is just kind of this one section where a lot of the stuff we're talking about here is the same conversation they're having in Whitehall, mm -hmm. uh, which I think makes this whole conversation more powerful and the evolution of East Main Street more powerful because you have, you have leaders kind of working off of the same playbook. And that's back to your question earlier, how is this different and do you think it's gonna happen? I guess I'm more hopeful than ever because I am seeing these communities start to work off common playbooks mm -hmm. to achieve that, that common vision, which is really, really cool to see. Do you, uh, just looking at the kind of region as a whole, do you think this East Main Corridor may be a little bit ahead of some of the other ones just because of the work that Reynoldsburg and Whitehall are doing to, to sort of plan for it? I mean, I'm biased, but I'm definitely <laughs> going to say yes. I mean, I think that we're we're well ahead of the curve. I think that we're building in a, a zoning code that's 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 very development prone, and, and it's it's targeting these key areas where we want to see this happen. Because I think a lot of times you get developers that really are gun shy. They're like, "Well, we don't want to go through this long process. We know that we're going to get denied." You know, is the public ready? Well, if we're building this in and we have our our civic leaders. And, and the residents that are all on board that are saying, yes, we want this. We understand why this is important for our city and our growth. Um, and, and basically, we're very much welcoming. So, you know, the city is taking a very proactive approach and we're putting out proposals and we're reaching out. And, and to Aaron's point, we actually have 800 acres of untapped potential. And going alongside that, not only is the Kmart on Bryce and Main really important, but it also happens to be in the city's opportunity zone. You know, which is over 14 million square feet in size, uh, which is very significant and large, but it's another economic incentive and an activator that we're utilizing to sort of push this development along. And we just see this as sort of a catalyst event as we continue to sort of move down into these pockets and creating these nodes of development along Main Street. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think East Main Street's, you know, it's right at the top. I mean, I do think it's hard to turn a blind eye to North, the Northwest Corridor. I mean, nobody had, none of these other corridors have that type of cluster, especially with Are you talking about Bridge Park or are you talking about? Well, the, the, the Northwest Corridor, kind of where they're looking at right now, only extends up to about Bethel. Oh, right. But 
the cluster there of, of businesses and corporate headquarters and Ohio State and Ohio, I mean, it's it's significant. It also, I think, is probably the, one of the most challenging just in terms of alignment of the roads and how it's you get It's not a straight shot like we were yeah, saying before. Yeah, I mean, there, that, there's a lot of tough things to, to solve there. Um, I think probably East Main's next in my mind. Um, I think it's a lot easier to get done, but I think you probably have at the highest level the most amount of between the, the different communities there, a high degree of alignment of trying to get get the project done. Um, and I think it's a pretty dense corridor too. So I think it makes sense that maybe that's the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of conversation that has to be had around that that topic, but since we're kind of focused on the corridor concepts, I think that's a really interesting question you ask. It's like, well, where do you go next? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think East Main Street probably should be the answer, at least right now in my mind. Yeah. So stay tuned. Could be some interesting things coming out of Reynoldsburg, sounds like. Absolutely. I want to thank both of you for speaking with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite development director. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.